0: You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, episode three. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, president of Advisor Solutions. So are you on an emotional roller coaster ride? One month you're up and the next month you're down, or maybe it's week to week for some financial advisors and insurance agents. It could be day-to-day, and for others, it might even be hour-to-hour, depending on the situation. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers are on some sort of emotional roller coaster ride, and they don't even know it. So what do you do? Well, you have two choices. First, you could keep doing what you're doing. And stay on that emotional roller coaster ride. Or, second, you can master your mindset. And that's what we're going to talk about today mastering your mindset so that you're not on that emotional roller coaster ride throughout your entire career. So, if you want to get off the emotional roller coaster ride, then stick around. So why this topic? Why should you want to learn about mastering your mindset? Because unless you control your mindset, you're at the mercy of things that are out of your control. Think of it this way. There are plenty of things that are out of your control, the market, the economy, and even clients. But one thing that you can control is how you protect what I call your inner peace. You protect the things that are inside of you, your inner peace, from the things that are outside of you or out of your control. And you do that by mastering your mindset. So what you're going to learn today is we are going to cover three things in this podcast. First, the mind space exercise, so that you have a process for starting your day off right and continuing to have a good day. Second, the one-minute business coach. It's a tool that I created so that you can manage your emotions all day long. And third, conquering your negative inner dialogue so that you can conquer any negative thoughts that come up during the day. Think of it this way. Draw a pyramid and split it into three horizontal sections. The section at the bottom is the foundation. That's the mind space exercise. Because you focus on starting your day off right and continuing to have a great day. Then, in the middle, the next level is the one minute business coach, because that will help you to identify things that are making you emotionally up and emotionally down. You see, you want to reinforce the positive wins and learn from the negative losses. Finally, the upper part of that pyramid at the top is conquering your negative inner dialogue, which will help you at any given time during the day whenever you have negative thoughts. You will also be able to do this over and over and over again. So let's begin. One of the hardest things for advisors and agents to do is to stay positive all the time. <laughs> and why is that? Because we're human and it's difficult, especially when the market's down or the economy's not doing well or you have clients that aren't happy. And that's why I created what I call the mind space exercise. Let me tell you a quick story. So years ago, I had this client that had done incredibly well. She brought in 12 million. And after that year, 12 million in new assets. And after that year, she said to me, Okay, what should my goal be for the new year? And I said, You know, I think you're at a point where you literally could be doubling those assets. So 24 million. And she did. She did. A year later, she brought in another 20. She brought in 24 million. And she was pretty happy about where she was at. So this happens quite often. When people get success, they tend to slow down or stop coaching. That's not always the best thing to do. At any rate, she decided to hold off from coaching for a while, and I left her alone. And when I called her about a year later, I had asked her, how are things going? She said to me she didn't bring in any assets that year. And I asked her why. She said she just kind of gotten out of the rhythm of things, and she just, her heart wasn't into it. Well, to make a long story short, we started coaching again. And what I did is I had her do the mind space exercise. Now, granted, the mind space exercise was designed or is designed to help someone start their day off right and to make sure the day keeps going in the right direction. So I taught her the exercise, which I'm going to teach you in just a second, and she started doing it. And she started doing it every morning, and she was accountable to me every morning. She was sending me an email. And every afternoon, she was still doing it, and she was accountable to me every afternoon, and she kept sending me the accountability emails. And little by little, day after day, her mind space, or what I call mind space, it's a, it's basically a way to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you at? One being, I couldn't get any lower. I'm depressed. Can't even get out of bed to a 10, which is, I love this business. It can't get any better. So at the beginning, when I said to her, so let's talk about where you're at now. Where's your mind space? And she said, I'm at three. And I said to her, why are you at three? She said, because I'm talking to you today. I said, wait a minute, am I I bringing you down? And she said, no, 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 no. You're not bringing me down. You see, I knew we were going to speak today because you sent me an email and we set the appointment. And if we didn't speak today, I'd probably be at a one. Wow. That's a tough place to start. So we started the Mindspace exercise, and we did it every day, every morning, every afternoon. She was accountable. And I noticed that our number went from three to five and eventually to the seven an eight mark, and and eventually she actually got to nines and tens on a consistent basis. So, what is the exercise? Well before I explain the exercise, let me give you a quick uh, analogy or metaphor. Think of this exercise like baking cookies. Okay, here's what we know. If we have the right ingredients, at the right time, with the right temperature, (laughs) we get cookies. And they taste great your day is a lot like that. In other words, picture this. What if you started the day off right and you worked out and you read or you meditated or whatever it was, at least three things that is, to start your day off right? I call those positive triggers. In other words, (laughs) if we get the right ingredients, we're starting the day off right, we're going to have a great day or at least a great morning. And that sets our mind space at a certain number. And for her, she started off at threes, but eventually it went to five, seven, and then eventually 10. So the mind space exercise. What is the exercise? What we do is we identify three positive triggers in the morning and you apply those three triggers every morning, those positive triggers. And then you rate yourself one to 10 and email an accountability email to your coach or an accountability partner if you have one in the office. Maybe it's your spouse. And then what we also do is do the same thing for the afternoon. What do you need to do during the afternoon while you're in the office that is going to keep you at a positive mind space? So that's what we did. Now, the interesting thing about this exercise is that every time someone did this exercise for 30 days, their mind space went up. And they they get a lot out of this because what they're doing is they're identifying what it takes for them to start the day off right and to continue having a great day. So if you're in a place right now where you consider yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, being below a 5, more like a 3 or a 2, this is an exercise that you want to start right away. Well, I'm excited to explain the second exercise, the one-minute business coach. And let me explain why. 2008 was a tough year. If you were a financial advisor in that year, you know what I mean. And if we back up to 2000, 2001, actually 2002 and part of 2003, they weren't easy either. So picture this, in 2008, if you were a financial advisor, you know that it was very difficult to stay positive. But if you were coaching financial advisors, (laughs) every day, five hours a day, it was even tougher. So I remember the day when I sat down and I thought, well, if I could coach anyone, including myself, in one minute, what would I do? What would be the process? And so what I did is I sat down and I kind of mapped out the process. And here's what it looks like. To understand the one-minute business coach or a one-minute business coach session, you really have to take a look at the model, the model for coaching. So it's important to understand that the one-minute coaching session model is effective when you apply the process. And the process really is this you think of something that either got you up or got you down emotionally, something that got you up. Here's an example. I didn't close a presentation. So the next step would be, how did I feel about that? So you identify your feelings that are associated with the activity or lack of activity. And so an example might be, you know, I really feel angry about that or I'm concerned about that or, man, that's kind of depressing because I put a lot of work into this. The next step, questions. You you design questions to identify the desired outcome. It's pretty simple. What did I want to happen instead? And the example would be, well, I wanted to close the presentation. Now, another question would be, that kind of springboards off the previous one, is what was the cause of not closing? Well, I didn't prepare for objections, and as a result, I got it objections that I couldn't get through. And so another question might be, well, what would I do differently next time? Well, I could prepare for a minimum of five common objections, like, uh, let me think about it, let me take it home, let me read it over, let me talk to my spouse, and so on. So when you identify the things that you could do differently next time, it changes the way you feel. So you start to identify the feelings that are associated with the new habit or the new behavioral pattern that you'd like to do. So in other words, you might be saying, well, I kind of feel good about this right now because I've learned that all I need to do is prepare for the objections and practice those. And that way, when I run into the same challenge at the end of the presentation and I hear an objection, I'm ready for it. So picture this. What if? You had a one-pager, and feel free to email me, (laughs) I'll send it to you, that said The One-Minute Business Coach. And what if it looked like this? Or what if you created your own? The One-Minute Business Coach. If you took an Excel spreadsheet and you made the first column to say date and time, date and time. Every time that you are emotionally up or down, you want to put that date And the time. And so I typically use this when I need to for clients. I use this when they are going through emotional highs and lows on a consistent basis. So, what I do is I send them the one minute business coach, and it's a little Excel spreadsheet. And all they're doing is they're putting in the day and the time when they're either up or down. Then the next column is the business facet. Was it prospecting? Was it client servicing? What was the facet of the business that got you either up or down? It might have been time management, anything. The next column, the activity. What happened? So the activity is important because you'll start to see a pattern that I notice that a lot of times when I go through the exact same activity, it brings me down. So, or it brings me up, one of the two. Then the next column, win. You just put a check mark in there, or an X, if this was a win, like it got me up. And the next column is loss. You put an X in there, if this was a loss. Now, the final column is really two parts to it. Either I want to reinforce the win, or I want a new behavior pattern, so I learn from my losses. So i got to tell you a quick sub-story to the story when I started the the one-minute business coach. I was in a meeting with this client, and I just hung up the phone because we just finished. And I sat there and I thought, wait a minute. I'm emotionally down. And so I pulled out the one-minute business coach the first time because I had just created it the night before. And here's what I did. I wrote the time in. I wrote the date and the time. And the time right then was 9.45. I start these coaching sessions at 9 in the morning. I wrote down 945, and right next to it, in the next column, I wrote down the business facet. For me, it was client servicing, or coaching. And then I wrote down the activity. I knew what the activity was and why it brought me down, and here's what it was. We had spent 80% of that session on the challenge, and only 20% of the session on the solution. And I thought, it almost turned into listening to listening to him complain, as opposed to understanding the challenge and really focusing on the solution. And I talked about the solutions formula in the previous podcast, so if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that one, because basically what we were doing is we were hearing, or I was hearing, the challenge, and I wasn't spending enough time on the solution. So what did I learn from that? Was it a win? No. It was a loss. So I put an X in the loss column. Then i wrote down what i wanted to to learn from this the new behavior pattern and here's what it was i wanted to switch that around so every single session that i was in i was going to focus 80% of the time on the solution and only 20% of the time on the challenge and that's what i did in fact in the next session right after that right after i filled this out i went into a session with a, an advisor that I told you a story about in the Advisor Solutions Podcast Episode 1. And her name is Gail, or was Gail. She's no longer with us. But at any rate, I went into that session and she started telling me about her challenges. And she was going on quite a bit with this, and I realized I'm not sticking to my boundaries, this new behavior pattern that I wanted to stick to. So what I did is I, I explained to her what I had just learned. And I said, so, Gail, I understand your challenge, and we've spent more than 20% of the time in our session so far on your challenge. I want to spend the rest of our session on the solution. And going forward, we're going to spend 20% of the time on the challenge and 80% of the time on the solution. And she said, good, I'm tired of complaining. And I said, good, I'm tired of listening. So we laughed, and we moved on to the solutions. So that's an example of understanding what brings you up and what brings you down emotionally and changing the situation so that the things that we consider losses, we actually can learn from. And this process that I'm telling you is really a snapshot of what you're going through, emotionally going through, all day long. It's a great way to reinforce the wins and learn from your losses. Because remember, if you learn from your loss, it's never a loss. So the third thing that I wanted to talk to you about today is conquering your negative inner dialogue. Conquering negative self-talk is not a matter of just stopping. You can't simply quit that little inner voice that's in your head. It it might possibly be that you've been listening to that negative inner voice all your life, or at least (laughs) all the way back to early childhood. And so here's what I mean. Most advisors and agents have a negative inner dialogue that they've had for years and years and years. And pretty much all of it is a learned belief system. In fact, let me tell you a quick story about... An advisor, I won't say her name, an advisor that went through this exact same thing. When I explained the four types of negative inner dialogue, the four types of negative inner dialogue, the worried advisor, the critical advisor, the victimized advisor, and the perfectionist advisor, she said to me and to the group, I'm the critical advisor. I said, why is that? And she said to me and the group, because every morning she gets ready for work, and she starts to head out the door, and she looks in the mirror. And most mornings, she hears this in her head. This is what she says to herself. I can't wear that. I need to go change. And she goes upstairs, and she changes. And I said to her, tell me a little bit about that. What is it, or who is it, rather, who is the person that had said that when you were a child? And she said, I'm the youngest of five girls. And so they all said it to me. And I said to her, and who said it to them? She said, well, my mom. And did she say it to you too? Well, yeah. And now who are you listening to? I'm listening to myself, she said. But really, I'm kind of listening to them. And I said, exactly. So what you need to do is get off that emotional roller coaster ride and have a better way to handle your negative inner dialogue. So what I did is I taught her the process. And when I teach you the process right now, know this, that you can change the record (laughs) that's in your head. You can change it, but you can't stop the record player. In other words, there's always going to be a record in your head. So Let's talk about the four types of negative inner dialogue. I mentioned those just a second ago. But we're also going to talk about the three-step process for conquering negative self-talk. So the four types of negative inner dialogue. First, and they're in no particular order, but first, the worried advisor. The worried advisor is constantly worried, and they think in the what-ifs. And so they say things like this to themselves. What if I lose everything trying to build this business? And they live in the land of what-ifs. That's a tough place to live. Second, the critical advisor. Now, the critical advisor is constantly the judge and the jury. (laughs) And the critical advisor will say things like, I won't close this account. They'll need to think about it. I said that years ago, actually. But that's for another story and another podcast. The third one, the victimized advisor. The victimized advisor always looks to other people to blame for their lack of success. I can't cold call in this environment. In fact, there's a no-call list. It's a no-call list that it takes too long so to look through. So uh, I'm not even going to cold call at all. Besides, nobody wants to hear from me. And the fourth one. The perfectionist advisor. The perfectionist advisor lives in a land of shoulds. I should do better. I should hit my my gross goals. I should close that person. I should. And the list goes on and on. Did you find yourself in one of those types of negative inner dialogue? Maybe you listened to all four of those, and now you're just starting to realize it. At any rate, let's talk about how to get off that emotional roller coaster ride, by using the three-step process for conquering negative self-talk. And here's what it is. The three-step process for conquering negative self-talk. It's simple, but it's not easy. It takes time. So the first step, identify the negative self-talk. So when you hear yourself say, hey, what if I lose everything trying to build this business? Or I'm not going to close this account. They'll need to think about it. Or, I can't cold call. It doesn't work in this environment. Or, I have to hit my gross goals, and I should have hit them already this year, but I never really hit them. So, you identify the negative self-talk. Then you take it to step two. Step two, creating a relief question. Here's what a relief question is. Socrates used this, and in fact... Uh, A Socratic question might be another word for it. But a relief question actually just scrutinizes the validity of the inner dialogue. And here's what I mean. Here's an example from the worried advisor. What if I lose everything trying to build this business? And here's the relief question. What's the evidence that I'll lose everything? I've been doing this for a few years now. I've never lost everything so far. So why would I think that I would lose everything now? Now, the next step is the positive counterstatement. This is to back up the new belief system. So here's an example. Hey, what if I lose everything trying to build this business? What's the evidence that I'll lose everything? I've been doing this for a few years now. I've never lost everything. All I need to do, this is the positive counterstatement, all I need to do is map out exactly what to say, how to say it, how to handle the objections, and make the phone calls with a more systematic, strategic approach. That way, I'm working smarter and not just harder. Other people do it. I can too. Are you starting to see that all you have to do is have a process to master your mindset? Well, I want to tell you one last story. Before we go, a quick story about an advisor who was actually in a bad place emotionally. He had been on an emotional roller coaster ride for a while and he didn't know what to do. You see, the bear market hit and the bear market kept coming for a long time for a few years. So, if you've done the math, this was a number of years ago. At any rate, he was evaluating everything and he was questioning his own value. And what he realized was that most of the time, he didn't know what to do. And he didn't know what to do because he felt that nobody else knew what to do. I mean, the market was going down. So how do you help prospects and clients alike when everything keeps going down? So here's what he did. He contacted a business coach. And that business coach asked the right questions to help him with his mindset. And he asked questions to find out what's really holding you back. And he said, well, the number one thing that's holding me back is, I just don't trust my company, the company I work for. I don't trust the analysts, and I don't know what to do. So the business coach had him, the advisor, look into what the other companies were doing, the competition. He looked into, the advisor looked into the major companies that were out there, the major competitors, three or four of them, I think. And he looked at what their analysts were saying. And in their next coaching session, the coach had asked the advisor, what did you find out? And the advisor said, well, here's what I found out. Either everybody is saying the exact same thing and knows that we will not be in this bear market forever. Or they don't know and they're lying. And so the coach said to him, you have to pick one. Which one is it? And he said, well, I don't know. Now, what's interesting about this coach is he had also been a financial advisor at one point and a branch manager. And this coach said, well, one thing I do know for a fact, after every bear market, there tends to be a bull market eventually. So let's fast forward. What if there was a bull market next? And what if it happened next year or sooner? What would you want to have happened in your business? And the advisor said, I would have wanted to have prospected. I would have wanted to gather assets, open new accounts, and be proactive. And so the coach said, that's exactly what you need to do. So the advisor took action, changed his mindset, and started prospecting, opening up new accounts, gathering assets, and feeling good about what he was doing. And as a result, that financial advisor mastered his mindset. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program or the Advisor Solutions Individual Coaching Programs, please email me at dan at com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time.